from the inkwells of Noir. To the digital screens of today. The kids present the comic book character of the month. Welcome back, kids, and thanks for listening as we continue Appendix End Month here on Kirby's Kids with our comic book character of the month being Conan the Barbarian. We have a very special episode for you today. We are delving into Robert E. Howard's Conan the Barbarian, a Marvel super special magazine, the official Marvel Comics adaptation of the adventure film of the century, plus articles, interviews, and photos from the movie. This super special was published in 1982, released May 11th, 1982. Our editor-in-chief is Jim Shooter. Our cover artist is Renato Cassaro. Our writer is Michael Fleischer. Our penciler is Big John Buscema. Our anchor is John Buscema. Our colorist is Deborah Pedler, along with Lynn Varley. Our letterer is Joe Rosen and editor Louise Jones. This is a faithful adaptation of the 1982 movie. The movie was filmed by director John Milius and is recognized as the breakthrough of actor Arnold Schwarzenegger. It is loosely based on Robert E. Howard's Conan stories. As a matter of fact, it's a mashup of about five of them with a little Call of the Destroyer thrown in there too. It is followed by a later film, which was Conan the Destroyer, and I will be profiling that one next. But let's get into this Marvel Super Special Magazine. This was in a magazine format, so not the typical smaller spinner rack comics that you'd see. I mean, this was a full-blown magazine, and in it had a not only the comic adaptation of the movie, which is excellently done, but also it has a series of interviews with many of the actors in the film. There's one specifically with James Earl Jones in there and how he enjoyed playing his character in the film, Fussel Doom. In addition to that, you have a behind-the-scenes interview with John Milius and what it took to bring Conan the Barbarian to the screen. You also have in here how this set was designed and the art career of Ron Cobb. I mean, this really harkens back to those movie magazines that you would get or fan-based magazines like Fangoria would take you on the set of a movie that was being done and have interviews with the set designers, the makeup folks, the special effects people. So this is really an all-encompassing fan service done by Marvel for everyone that was anxiously anticipating the film of Conan the Barbarian. The comic begins with a young Sumerian boy, Conan, witnessing the destruction of his village and the death of his parents at the hand of warlord Doom. The narration tells who knows what they came for, weapons of steel or murder. It was never known for the leader went to the south. The battle standard carried by the invaders is a snake with two heads, and that is burned into the memory of a young Conan. Conan is then sold into slavery with the rest of the children from the village and is forced to perform intense manual labor. He grows strong through this labor and is eventually sold and forced to fight as a gladiator. One night, however, an earthquake spontaneously sets him free. From this point, Conan dedicates his life to exacting revenge on Thalsal Doom. He travels the world looking for the warlord symbol, the two-headed snake. 
Along the way, he meets two companions, Sabatai and Valeria, both thieves. They soon learn that a doomsday cult has arisen that makes extensive use of snake symbolism. While breaking into one of the cult's towers and stealing several artifacts, Conan confirms the cult's connection to Fossil Doom after encountering the same two-headed snake symbol. After the heist, the three thieves are then offered a tremendous fortune by King Osric to retrieve his daughter, who has joined the snake cult. Conan, however, not content with the pursuit of wealth, abandons his companions to pursue Thussel Doom and exacting revenge. Conan eventually locates the center of the cult, a place of pilgrimage called the Mountain of Power. With the help of a hermit wizard disguised as a priest, Conan sneaks into the ceremony at the mountain, but is quickly discovered as an imposter, captured, beaten, and taken before Thussel Doom. Though many years have passed, Doom has not aged since the attack on Conan's village. His philosophy, however, has changed dramatically since his years as a warlord. He explains to Conan that the destruction of his village, Conan's village, was part of his pursuit of steel, which he once thought to be the key to power. Now, this gets into a Milius-devised riddle of steel, which has almost become mythic unto itself for Conan followers and devotees of the movie. He once thought that pursuit of steel was the key to power, but later he realized that flesh is the stronger substance, meaning people, controlling people. Since the revelation, he has gained much greater power by controlling people through his cult. After explaining himself, Doom orders that Conan be crucified. He is hung from a tree in the desert, spiked up there. Conan is rescued by Valeria and Sobotai just before his death and brought back to life with the help of the wizard. He warns Valeria that his magic this meaning the wizards, will exact a terrible price, and indeed it does. The three then return to the Mountain of Power to rescue King Osric's daughter. There, they witness the members are actually cannibals within this cult, ready to feast on the absolutely mangled body and human parts, presumably from an unlucky number of murder victims who have been sacrificed. Also, Thussel Doom reveals the secret to his power and longevity. He is not human at all but rather one of the demigod spawn of the dark god Set. He is revealed when he transforms into a giant snake. Conan and his friends scatter a harem that is Thussel Dooms and capture King Osric's daughter and kill many of Doom's guards. While they are escaping, however, Thussel Doom kills Valeria with an arrow made from a venomous snake. And what's great about this in the comic is you see this arrow transform into a snake. Her death fulfills the wizard's prophecy. Valeria is then placed on a raft and given effectively a Viking funeral. This cremated by Conan set afloat while her body burns. Thussel Doom personally leads an expedition to recover the king's daughter, redonning the same steel armor he had long since abandoned. Then Conan, Sobotai, and the wizard successfully repel Doom's attack. Thussel Doom, convinced that the battle is lost, decides to kill the king's daughter. But Sabatai catches another vicious snake arrow on his shield. Doom's spell on the princess is broken at last. And when she sees her idol trying to kill her, Thorgrim is killed by a clever trap and Rexar is killed by Conan. These are henchmen of Thessal Doom's, who is shortly aided, this is Conan, by Valeria's ghost. 
In the final scene, Conan sneaks into the Mountain of Power and decapitates Doom in front of thousands of his devotees, revealing their godhead as indeed the imposter he is. There is a little epilogue in there that states that Conan later went on to become a great king by his own hand, adding, but that is another story. This is a really faithful adaptation of the screenplay. Consultants to the screenplay included Roy Thomas, but this is definitely John Milius's work. Milius drew on several different Robert E. Howard stories. The spoken prologue between the time the ocean drank Atlantis and the rise of the sons of Aris was from Phoenix on the Sword. The reference to Conan's people as Sumerians and his father's blacksmith profession also comes from the Howard lore. Conan's devotion to the god Krom, the crucifixion event that takes place is somewhat based on, and I'd say pretty true to the events in A Witch Shall Be Born, and the scene in this graphic novel, comic adaptation, and then on the screen, where Conan climbs the tower, is inspired by the Tower of the Elephant. There are also other sources of inspiration here that Milius drew from, and they come from Howard's works. For example, the character named Valeria appears in Red Nails. The film character's relationship to Conan and her return from the dead to save Conan's life are very much akin to the story Belette of Queen of the Black Coast. There are other elements that seem to have been borrowed from non-Conan stories, but were from the Robert E. Howard canon. Included in that would be the snake-like folk and the mythos that develops the Thessaldoom character, which actually originated with another Robert E. Howard character, Cull, who would eventually become a comic within Marvel after the massive success of the Conan the Barbarian series. Conan's encounter with a witch in this comic book adaptation, which is also in the film, is very similar to Worms of the Earth from the Bran MacMorn series that Robert E. Howard did. And Thessal Doom's monologue about fearing the dark is also drawn from that work. It's amazing the elements that all coalesce here to become a pretty effective mashup that Melius would put into the screenplay. The Riddle of Steel, the Black Sun Cult of Seth, Conan's adolescence in slavery and his service as a gladiator in the East. Howard didn't have this in his works. This is really Milius embellishing, adding on to the mythos and making it his own. Now, let's turn our attention to the art. Big John Buscema really puts out the effort here as he had been drawing Conan now for Almost a decade, he had gotten a hold of the character in Savage Sword of Conan after the Conan the Barbarian series had started with Barry Windsor Smith. Big John had a more expensive page rate for his illustrations, and they really needed at Marvel for Conan to be the big success. Before then, they could afford to have Big John draw the character. And he was meant to draw Conan from the get-go. His art style really brought Conan to life, and it is in full display here in this Marvel Super Special of Conan the Barbarian. When looking through these pages, you see the fire in the forge and the making of the sword by Conan's dad. You have the certain beats and elements directly from the movie. 
laid in here, and so I became a slayer, a killer of men, a pit fighter. Sometimes I thought of having my guts ripped out and lying there in the pit, gazing up at the moon with the crowd spitting at me. I didn't care if I died, but I didn't die. I won all my battles. And right there is a really cool illustration of Conan pit fighting and really laying into his opponents and showing the really tough way in which he survived up through the ranks. And then, of course, the most quotable of lines here from the Conan the Barbarian movie, which really, the beats are there. I learned from battle, from the masters of war. Tell these others, Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, to see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentations of their women. And there is Conan sitting down the table there with the scrolls and the maps, and he is informing folks of what all had taken place in his life. The illustrations outside of the enclosures, whether that be in a tent or in a prison cell, are absolutely gorgeous. The scapes are beautiful, particularly the winter scapes and the wolves coming after Conan and the confrontation there. I really love John Buscema's illustration of the witch who tries to draw Conan in and attack him. And then, of course, she bursts into flames and heads out. Conan meeting up with his fellow thieves and adventurers is also extremely well done. Love how they are introduced and how they're rendered on the pages. Very true to form to what you see up there on the screen, but done in that big John Buscema style. Really great. Seminal Conan, the Conan. You have no doubt at what you're looking at here and that the Marvel way is coming through from an illustrative style. Really true to form, particularly if you are a reader of those Savage Sword of Conan books. Those illustrations and how Conan should look are right there on the page in full display in support of the storyline that was Conan the Barbarian. Also liked how the comic lays into the stylings of the movie. Obviously, they had received cast shots within the filming, and Big John used those to render some of the characters in this adaptation. Because Conan, as he was drawn in the comic book pages, was so well-known, Big John stayed with what we were used to seeing in Savage Sword of Conan. That is Conan in here. This Conan does not look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, from that standpoint, Big John stayed true to form. But Fussel Doom and that character, you can see the resemblance to James Earl Jones in how that character was rendered here. And that's pretty cool. You also see, amongst the thief companions there of Conan, the resemblance of the actress and actors who were in the movie and how they had laid the stylistic foundation from which Buscema would put them in this super special. The action sequences are jam-packed. Lots of foreshortening being done here. Lots of action movement, really making it exciting. I love in particular anytime any of the characters are on horseback and then you have anyone fighting from a ground level trying to dismount these horsemen from coming in, sweeping by with their swords or their spears to effectively try to kill those who are on the ground. Really effective job in portraying the brutal nature with which Conan and his companions had laid down traps for these horsemen. There is a wonderful sequence that John Buscema does of Conan fighting one of Thessal Doom's henchmen. And 
he gets the henchman off the horse and the henchman gets up and he's got his shield and his sword and he is really in a defensive posture as Conan is taking the offensive and going to town on him. And this is excellently rendered by Bushema. And the real cool scene of Conan going ahead and nearly splitting open the helmet and headdress of this opponent. It's just absolutely brutal. And he pulls no punches as far as how graphic they render that on the page. The firing of the arrow that then turns into a snake by Thussel Doom, that's very cool. And it does not look hokey. He does a really good job of portraying a conventional weapon that then magically transforms in flight that arrow from that arrow to an asp or snake, poisonous snake to go towards the victim. I think, frankly, that this comic book adaptation does a far better job in portraying the special effects that one would have put in one's eye, mind's eye while reading the Robert E. Howard Conan stories, or if you would just have read the Milius script, than what we actually saw on the silver screen. There were a lot of back and forth about the production of this movie and the subsequent of Conan the Destroyer. Dino De Laurentiis, who produced both of those films, was a huge proponent of practical effects. You're talking the early to mid-80s here. Early 80s here for Conan, entering into the mid-80s by the time Conan the Destroyer came out. Practical effects with the magic that was portrayed in the Conan novels and in the comic book pages didn't necessarily translate well back in the day to looking great on screen. Let's face it, folks. We embraced these movies because we were thirsting for fantasy films back then. And we'd say, oh my gosh, this is Conan the Barbarian. We had read the comics. We were very excited. We wanted to see it on the screen and loved it when it came out. But when you go back and you view Conan, I most remember this movie for some of the very quotable lines in it. The practical hand-to-hand combat sequences, but a very weak point within the Conan films is the actual portrayal of the supernatural and magic. It comes off as being very hokey. A lot of those practical effects are being very hokey in my humble opinion. And that's where, frankly, this graphic novel just shines. This adaptation of the screenplay shines. And John Buscema should take full credit for how effectively he lays this all out there within this story. Just a brilliant job. I cannot recommend highly enough the marvel super special number 21 conan the barbarian the 1982 film adaptation and we would love to hear from you once you have read conan the barbarian please leave us a message via the anchor app or send us an email at kirby's kids podcast at gmail.com as we continue our celebration of appendix end month and our comic book character of the month conan the barbarian Between the time when the oceans drank Atlantis and the rise of the sons of Arius, there was an age undreamed of. And onto this, Conan, destined to bear the jeweled crown of Aquilonia upon a troubled brow. It is I, his chronicler, who alone can tell thee of his saga. Let me tell you of the days of high adventure.